Hello and welcome to the Travelling Through podcast. I'm your host, Emma, and each week I'm out and about chatting to Londoners and those who love, live and work in this big and glorious city. In this week's episode, I am walking and talking with Oliver Trace. Oliver is an artist and an animator, and he is the founder of Sentio Space. I first met Oliver before I even owned Travelling Through. He had animated his journey by bicycle from John O'Groats to Land's End alongside other friends. This animation was a huge success at the bookshop and we sold many of his cards and stills that had been made from the animation. And it was with great pleasure that I was able to catch up with him again eight years later to find out what he had been doing since those first beginnings when Sentio Space came into being. Oliver and I take a walk from Bethnal Green to Bow, and Oliver talks about his thoughts on London, the world, and life. Yeah, so just when you were setting the route there, yes, I was thinking about how we're connected by this cable <laughs> so that the recording works, and I've got one microphone and you've got the other and so it's like I'm on this very very thin plastic lead (laughs) and so well exactly (laughs) and as as you were introducing saying we're going to walk to Bow I was already thinking in my head maybe it's not such a good idea to walk to Bow because this because this new route includes walking on the pavement and given we're on a lead is that such a good idea but yeah. but then you were introducing it and you said and we're going to be walking to bow i thought okay fine i'm going to scrap that idea we're walking <laughs> we're to bow, walking to bow yes. so we are You're we're walking to committed. bow exactly and to be fair one of the advantages of bow is that you know you can more or less be as you wish to be yes uh, exactly. you don't get too many heads turned because there's <laughs> are so many things that give you su- surprise anyway <laughs> so this is the Travelling Through podcast. Uh, hello listeners, and today I am with Oliver Trace, and we have just set off from his offices on the Roman Road, and we're walking to Bow, as he realised, that uh, with cables attached, which for you is quite a... It's not very modern, is it? Uh, well, <laughs> I, it's, it's funny because I've You're started... You're a bit upset. <laughs> well, I was a bit... Uh, no, I was a bit surprised, to be honest. <laughs> I'm not upset because I'm like I, I'm very happy to do it, and I, and I and I and I find it sort of quite sweet and amusing. <laughs> but having recently started to record audio myself, yes, including more than one voice, I've been online and done some research and downloaded, or well not downloaded. That's funny. Shows how I'm thinking. I've bought some recording equipment. Yes. And you don't have to be attached like this to record two voices you've got two lapels going into a single source okay but that's what i have i've just got a splitter cable haven't I? yes yeah <laughs> no but uh, yes yes you've probably got a more modern version than this so. yeah well i mean it's fun because it gives it, it, it yeah it's it creates a um connection i suppose <laughs> it does, definitely. yeah so uh, talking of connections oliver yeah. so i first met you before traveling through bookshop opens because I met you at a cycling event and you were showing your work, written by bike, the animation on a tiny little iPad screen and you had some cards. And I said to you, when I open my bookshop, I would love for you to exhibit your work at the bookshop. Do you remember that? Yes, I do remember that. And also I remember Flora was there. That's and right, yes. She 
got your details. She did. And yes. encouraged me to connect with you. That's right. And That's right. put the put the art up. Yes. Downstairs in, in tra traveling through. That's right. I've and it was lovely. And I remember one day you called me to say someone had come into the shop and it was a series of prints where there are cyclists going through different parts of the country, including Loch Ness yes. and the Angel of the North. And someone had come in and bought six or something That's like that right. in they one did. go, yes. which given this was eight years ago and you'd only just opened up the shop and I'd only just gone out into the world with these prints that I was hoping to sell, it was a great moment. Yeah, yes. For me as well. Well, exactly. That's what was so lovely. You know, it was, it was on mutually. both sides. Yeah, yeah exactly. exactly. Uh, uh, but since then, so that Britain by bike, so for the listeners, the Britain by bike, was it based on you actually cycling from John O'Groats to Land's End? Yes, yes. So in 2010, after university, I was hoping to get an internship somewhere. I thought it sounded like a, a paid internship. Yes. I thought it sounded like a good way to buy myself a bit more time yes. and get a bit of cash to do something fun. Okay. But unfortunately, I didn't get any of the positions I applied for. Oh dear. So I had this summer that was opening up and I was thinking, what am I going to do with that summer? So I decided to cycle from Land's End to John O'Groats. In fact, we did John O'Groats to Land's End. We started in the north and we went all the way to the south. Yeah. And it was, it was a brilliant trip. We, we did it in a relaxed way. We weren't trying to break records <laughs> in terms of how fast it can be completed. I believe the fastest is something extraordinarily like four days. Oh my goodness. To travel a thousand miles. That's crazy. It's absolutely bonkers. Maybe it's been done even faster, I don't know. <laughs> but when you're going through so many interesting areas, you want to take your time and actually see where you're cycling through, in my opinion, humble opinion. Well, I think that, I think there is, there's value in both, both routes. Okay. Because someone's got to define the fastest and stretch humanity to its limits and see what can be done but at the same time for a lot of us it's rather nice to take time yeah, and yeah, enjoy yeah. the scenery yeah. and that was the route I took and we spent 14 days more or less okay doing it which worked out at about 80 miles a day okay. oh wow it's still a lot isn't it it was still a fair amount but yeah. we, we also had a car Oh, did you? <laughs> yeah. you didn't tell me that before. We had, a, we had a car carrying the tents. Okay. And, and to be honest, most of the trip I was in the car driving. Oh, were you? Yes, because I'd, I'd organised the trip and then subsequently decided it was sensible to bring the car. Right. And I felt a sense of responsibility. So I did the majority of the time. Most people wanted to cycle. Okay, so that makes sense because in the animation there, is a, there are four cyclists and one sort of gets taken away and then ends up coming in at the end on a plane and yeah. dropping down. I'm is glad, really, I'm glad you new? mentioned that actually because there is a moment in the animation where the cyclists grab onto the back of a car, it's a black golf, yes. and they get, taken, they get taken on a fast route past a tractor. Right. And in, oh, the, in the real trip we got to, I believe it's called Hexham, near Leeds. Okay. I might have got that I might have got that name wrong. Near but it's very near a place called Hebden Bridge. Yes. Which is an absolutely beautiful okay. vi village town that's a hot spot for people to particularly artistic people with a sense of like, how special the place is. Yeah. 
to, to move to when they retire. But anyway, above Hebden is, is a spot with a stunning view. Yeah. And we stayed there for the night. And the following day, we thought we really want to get way. to, we're going this way. Okay. We really want to get to my parents' house, which was half, was in Leicestershire, yes. in Saddington. And we didn't want to cycle. <laughs> We'd sort of had enough of cycling. <laughs> um, even though the whole point was to cycle the full distance. So we decided to do more of a relay. Okay. Rather than having, you know, four people cycle and one person in the car. Yes. We yes. put most people in the car. Right. And uh -huh. so we could cycle much faster. Right. Okay. And it oh, meant that really. it meant that we got to my parents' house faster and we, yes. we had a couple of nights there. <laughs> and then we went down and finished it in the 14 days or however many it was. Okay. And that, so the whole idea about the animation, that obviously came much later, did it? That, I mean, to, to animate that journey. Or was that, oh. was that always in the back of your mind to animate? I, I'd already had the idea before the, before the trip because we were going to do this cycle ride and it was going to be you know, great fun. Yes. And I thought, well, why don't we raise a bit of money as well? Okay. Uh, to, for, so we raised money for a charity called Amantani that is based in Peru and it helps. It's a boarding house for children so they have somewhere to stay near the school okay. during the week. Yes. And then a place called Food Cycle that offers recycled food. Well food that could have been otherwise going to waste yes. to people who need it. Okay. In, and that was had its home in Bristol. So those are the two charities. Yes. But I was thinking to myself, when you go on to say Just Giving and you donate 20 pounds to someone yes. for running a marathon, they get the, the feeling of having raised 20 pounds. You get very little back as someone who's given the 20 pounds, bar a sort of pat on the back from the person who's doing the deed yes and I thought well you know how can that sort of imbalance be rectified okay so I thought okay well a very small thing that can be done is we can you know make a, a poster for the event right that's at least got a bit of giving a bit of charm yes, yes. Uh, and fun and I was very naive and made this poster and then I was looking at the post and thinking, and what, you know, what could I do that would be better than that? And a song by Crystal Fighters came on and called At Home. And as the music dropped, I sort of noticed these bikes drift up. And I thought, oh gosh, that'd be so fun yeah, to yeah. have it as an animation. That's where the idea started. Then we went on the cycle. Yes. And then I came back and got a job in at a place called Cantar in London for a year mm -hmm. where I was doing sales. So I was calling up businesses who have products stocked in the supermarkets. Right. Like there's one called Yorkshire Provender. It's a small business run by someone called Belinda in Yorkshire. Okay. And she makes these soups out of her, oh, I think you know, more or less in her, yes. in her, but her husband is a farmer and she's making them herself. And yeah. And it's still going. I'm really delighted oh, that great. that I, yeah. we I was I found it extraordinary because I booked this meeting with the Yorkshire provender yeah. and went for it and it was in her kitchen. <laughs> and you know, I was as a 19, 20 year old who'd never worked in a 
in an office environment before. Mm. I had a perception of all offices looking like the office I worked in at Cantar. Yeah, I hadn't yeah. had my eyes open, but really businesses start in all sorts of places. They do, yes. And I learned that with Yorkshire Provender. Okay. My goodness. All right. So that was quite a journey. And then, and then having created the animation and then you started to sell the animation or try to get it out to but well I took it on as a, a in the bookshop but you tried to get it to other places but you were also doing other things at the same time and was this all related to animation and art I mean wh where where is your is art your main love or is it animation well I think art is a primary category in our animation yeah sits as secondary mm -hmm. so it would start with that with with art but at that time i just really wanted to to survive and keep going yes i'd thought about getting a job in the city somewhere and i did an, an internship and i didn't get taken into a job I thought, well, what I have got is I've got this film that's finished. Yes. Let's try and put it out into the world. We organised an event in London uh, in a friend's kitchen, more or less. We put the art all around as a kitchen living room combined. Right. And 30 or so friends popped, popped around for what we called the launch Britain by Bike. And we showed the film yes. on a TV. And after that, we then put it onto YouTube and we got all of the people in the event to share it on their Facebook feed okay. and then go and like all of the other people's posts. Okay. So yes. we kind of sort of tricked the algorithm into thinking it was more popular than it actually <laughs> was. Uh, and it ended up getting something like 10,000 views in the first couple of days, My which goodness. for something as, as nebulous and as without backing as Britain by bike. It was a great result. Definitely, yeah. And, and, and it was fun. And that, the following weekend, because we'd launched it around the idea of cycling and creativity, yes. we were going to a arts and crafts cycle fair in Shoreditch, just off Arnold Circus in a school, although it had been repurposed for the weekend as a place to exhibit and we had a stool sentio space yeah and on that stool we had the film playing on an ipad britain by bike that's right yes some prints that we were selling for 45 pounds yeah and also some postcards and that's when you arrived yep and and we started chatting yeah yeah yeah, yeah. wow and that's I mean, so much has happened since then, Oliver. So much <laughs> has happened, and also it was just, it was a, it was a moment yes. many, many years ago. Yes, yes. It was eight years ago now, I believe. A kind of springboard, maybe. Mm, into. Mm, exactly. So we're down on the, we've been on the, is this the Regent's Canal then? Exactly, we're, we're on the canal and we're going, I don't, I'm not sure whether this is called the Limehouse Cut, yeah. but we're heading almost directly south. Okay. towards the city you've got canary wharf over there oh yes and this okay. is mile end park that we're in right and it's it's clearly a park that has been brought into being by someone with a with a vision mm -hmm. uh, it's it's 
right in the midst of East London. Yes. Sandwiched between Bethnal Green and the city, a narrow finger yeah. that heads south. And it's beautiful, isn't it? it? It's lovely. We've got yeah. swans and this is a, a space lake. where art exhibits and it looks out over this yeah. little water, well, more than a water feature, it's more like a pond or a yeah. lake even. Yeah, it's a lake. There's sort of terraced flower beds as well going up. That's very nice. I bet in the summer it's lovely as well. Well, yeah, I haven't seen it in the summer yet. <laughs> yeah, that's what, I've only just found this. You just discovered it, okay. Well, yeah, because I've moved to, to Bow. Yeah. From where I was before, which was just by Victoria Park. Yes. And it's meant that I now need a route from Bethnal Green to Bow. Okay. And this is that this route. Is it. And on your bicycle? I, on my bicycle, I haven't quite, yes, on the bike. But I, it's, it's, it's better, I go on this route more by foot. Okay. If I am on foot, because the bike route, and this is one of the things I find so interesting, rather than going in a direct line along this sort of finger, as you can imagine it, in the park, from yes. south to north or north to south, the bike does a series of S's. It meanders, oh the bike route. <laughs> it takes you double and the time. It meanders, <laughs> and it also includes cycling up quite a steep hill okay. or what feels like quite a steep hill for London. And I was thinking, is this because the planner is imagining that people are going to want to use it for exercise? Ah, yes. And this turns it into a slightly more ambitious route. Yes, yes. But I have to say, having discovered it about 10 days ago, this slightly tougher cycle route, <laughs> I haven't taken it since. <laughs> <laughs> I've been on the cycle path, but not cycle path, but it's one of those cycle highways. Yes, super cycle Exactly, highways, which yes. it's great to be honest, because often I do just want to get to work. I don't need to take the scenic route, and, and sometimes I do. Yeah. And I now feel like we've, we've just taken the scenic route up the hill. We have, exactly. So we've just walked up a, the, the, it's called New Globe Tavern Gardens. I'm okay. not sure anyone refers to it like that. I'd be surprised if they do. No. But it's, has got a stunning view of the city. You almost feel like there was a castle up here or something. Yeah, it's... It's, it's a mound anyway. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. It could be a safe haven, a good place to build a small castle, but the planner, <laughs> <laughs> the planner didn't manage to get that through. <laughs> so, it's like, why is he this park, miserably. why is this park costing you a billion pounds? You're like, well, I'm spending 250 million pounds on building the park and 750 million on the castle. <laughs> It'd be a great castle. It would be a great castle. Yeah, you'd have to dig down as well, yes. too, I think. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so Oliver, after, um, after uh, Bitten by Bike, you then went off to Turkey, to Istanbul on another mission and mm. you were going to develop things. How did that go? Because that's when I really lost touch with you a bit. Mm. I think you came in one day into the shop while you were in Istanbul, you were just coming back to the UK. You were very frazzled and you sort of said, oh yes, it's all right, but uh, you know, it's hard work and, and I'm, I'm in a workspace. And, and then you left, so I didn't really know. I was none the wiser. <laughs> yes, that was a fleeting visit, <laughs> so to speak. Well, after launching the film there had been some activity and some prints were bought yeah. from your cafe but I wasn't bringing in enough income as an animator yes. to sustain myself in London yeah. or at least it was a struggle 
fortunately, a company did get in touch immediately after the film Britain by Bike was launched okay. and said, could you tell our story? And that's how the commercial channel started. Okay. And sort of, so with, with, with that backdrop, Flora, my then girlfriend, suggested that we go out to Istanbul because she had just got a job out there. That's right. It, she was working for Terate, which was the Turkish oh. BBC. Yes. And they flew out loads of journalists from yep. the UK and America and elsewhere, Australia, yes. to work on this channel. So immediately oh. there was a social scene. Yes, yes. And, and I, went, I went with her and it was much, much cheaper to live. Yes. I was teaching English, yep. which was give, giving me a base income. Yes. And on the side, I was also doing animations and we picked up a commission from Middlesex University. Mm -hmm. and from higher education London, small projects. Yes. But given I was living in Istanbul, the money was going a long way, the pounds. Yes, yes. And I actually ended up after 18 months living in a very comfortable way. Okay. We could eat out most of the time. Yes, and Istanbul's amazing. And, oh my that, gosh, Istanbul. <laughs> the food in Istanbul is, is outrageous. Yeah, yeah. The views are stunning. Yeah. The temperature is good. And the people are lovely in Istanbul. People are lovely, yeah. they're proud and they, they make great dishes. Yeah, yes. And the bread is always free. <laughs> unlike here. <laughs> unlike here, exactly. Even if you go to places that are unbelievably cheap, yes. you still get free bread, which I respect. Yeah. So right now, we've reached a, a signpost. We have, yes. Yes, and one of them says, Adventure Park, and sports park. Is that where we're heading then? Which <laughs> I would love to see what that actually looks like. <laughs> yeah. No, it's not, it's not where we're headed. Okay. At the moment, we're still trying to find a way through Mile End Park to make sure we get absolutely to its southernmost point. Okay. okay. And then once we it's get there, so. there's a cut through road right. called Bow Common Lane. Okay. And that takes us to the canal. Okay. And at the canal, there is a place to get coffee. Great. And a croissant. Excellent. Okay. I thought croissant. we could have a pause there. Good idea. Good and idea. regroup. Yes. Just get all the podcast listeners very jealous that we're doing this. <laughs> yeah, well, I'd love to get the name of it because I have to say it's a really special place. Okay, right. Cool. And, oh. and it's, it's all vegan. Yes. Which I'm not, I'm, I must say, I'm not a vegan. I love eating meat, but. It's, it's, there's just a certain spirit that's, that's very much taking care of the community and yeah. just taking care in general. So, how long were you in Istanbul in the end? Was it like a couple of years? I was there for 18 months. Mm -hmm. And after Istanbul, I decided to, well, it wasn't after, it was whilst I was in Istanbul, mm -hmm. I decided to move back to London. Yes. Because I felt like I got to a position where I had enough in Istanbul to sustain a good quality of life. Yes. But could I do that in London, one of the most challenging cities in the world? Yeah. And, and I was up for that challenge. Okay. So I landed back in London and it felt like I was landing in a completely new city. Yes. And I did my absolute best and I'm still doing my best now <laughs> to, to survive. So you, I know you met um, 
Margaret Mulder, who has been on the podcast as well, and she wrote the I Am Squarehead books, and I think she she was trying to collaborate with you on an animation yes, with, it, with that. Yes. Well, I just thought we would just go this way for a moment. <laughs> right, but no, so let's talk Margaret Mulder. <laughs> yes. Um, uh, and uh, to do an animation on I Am Squarehead for her, or with her in collaboration. Exactly. Did that happen? It did happen. It that did was happen. a really oh, lovely spin-out from, yes. from the shop where Margaret had visited Travelling Through. Yes, yeah. And seen the Britain by Bike prints on the walls, and particularly like the colours. And she said to me, look, we've got this book that I've illustrated, would you be able to animate it? And, and I did. I was a bit out of my depth, to be honest, because Margaret had much more experience. She'd worked at Saatchi as an art director. Yes. Whereas I'd only just started my journey and I was very basic when it comes to animation. But what it meant is that you know, Margaret helped me to improve. Yes. Because okay. I had to give the time to learn how to do it. Okay. Well, that's a. So, what the purpose of, purpose of what I did just. So, we, we've recently had an exhibition yes. in Bethnal Green okay. called Sentio is to Feel, yes. where 14 artists have each exhibited one piece. Okay. And each piece is augmented reality. So, when you hold your phone up to the art, yes. it animates. Yes. It's been a fantastic week. And one of the things we did as part of the exhibition was to advertise it on the local bus stops. Oh. and at Bethnal Green Tube Station. And one of the bus stops where we've advertised is here. Oh, brilliant. Is and it still there? It might well not be there anymore. Let's go and have a look. Because... Oh, Whoops. Hang yeah. on, I need to come on your other exactly. side. Exactly. If we can go here, we can, it might already be down if they're really organised, because we haven't paid for it to be there today. Oh, OK. But, <laughs> but you never know with these things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. So we'll see, but it just could be quite a so fun... Oh, it's oh, on, it was on... I've just got to go on the other side. Oh, it's gone now. <laughs> it's gone oh, it's now. Gone there. Never mind. Because I think I saw it on, on one of the underground tube stations. Exactly. And I was thinking, how did you manage to get there? Exactly. So, it was so much fun. Yeah. Well, it was one of those bold decisions. Okay. Well done for doing it, because I think it's, it's, it's gutsy in a way, isn't it? But it also, you have to experiment to see whether it brings I think so. as well. I think so. And what was remarkable is that it did. Did it good? It did. We had people arriving at the exhibition. Yes. And I'd always say, oh, how do you find out about us? And they go, oh, I just saw the advert on the tube. Brilliant. And I go, gosh, that is so cool. And one time there was a girl who arrived. She goes, yeah, I saw the advert on the tube. And then I saw the advert on the bus. And I thought, gosh, that's funny, because we only had two bus stops and one at the tube. Yeah. But imagine if you know, we had many more. Yeah. You start yeah. to see how advertising influences our actions day to day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's interesting at a time where they say, you know, the billboard and the advertising board is is no longer. It's all about just being online. So clearly that's not true. It's still working. Yeah, I, I don't believe I, I don't know. I don't believe that is true. Mm. But there's certainly still a place for for being present on the physical boards. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Well done. Hey. Yeah, I, I'm sorry it's not there because it, it's, it's just just one of those fun it's, uh, that's the word really it's fun yeah and so coming back to your so after I am squarehead uh, which was a, bit, a new experience and helped to broaden your understanding and skills I suppose of animation world and what people want where did it go from there 
Wait, this is after, after I am square head. Oh, her. I see. Yes. Well, it was really this passage having moved back from Istanbul, establishing myself in London. And I was fortunate because two people joined the studio, joined Sentio Space. Yes. Alice Babette and Angelica Lena. Alice is a French animator who now has her own studio called Deep Sheep. Okay. And Angelica is an Italian artist and also the art director at Sentio Space. She's based out in Rome. Okay, all right. They, they met at Central St. Martins. Yes. Anyway, they arrived and suddenly gave, brought a quality that at that point wasn't present. Yes. I didn't have the experience or, for that matter, the confidence to go out with my own stuff. Yes. Whereas with theirs, it was possible to win some some prestigious briefs. So in one year, in 2017, we worked with the BBC, Cape Britain, and Cambridge University. Wow. Okay. And suddenly, Sentio Space was an organisation that works with the best. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And is respected and trusted by the best, and it completely changes the conversations that you have with people. Of course. Yes. And out of those three, I mean, each was a very different kind of brief. But the, the Tate Modern or Tate Britain one was a very, uh, very visually attractive one for me anyway, because it was to do with the, exactly. the artist. Exactly. That one was particularly important. Yeah. Because because with Tate Britain, we said to them, how about creating short animated chapters, about ten seconds long, for some of the French Impressionists yes. who you are exhibiting. And the, the exhibition was all about the French impression, Impressionists who fled France during the Franco-Prussian War okay. and moved to London. And whilst they were in London, they painted many, many scenes. Yes. The Monet scene you see at Trafalgar Square that's blue with the sun, absolutely gorgeous. Yes. That was painted whilst he was here. Okay. And Pissarro, who was the father of Impressionism, lived on Kew Green in southwest London right. whilst he was here. I didn't appreciate that, okay. He'd never seen cricket before. Yes. So he used to love painting the, oh, yes, the cricket course. scene. Yes. And then there was a chap called Tiso, James mm -hmm. Tiso, whose style was less impressionistic in that it was more detailed and closer to realism. But he was a wealthy man who supported many of the impressionists yes. and a good painter in his own right. Yes. So he, he would buy Pissarro's paintings, which meant that Pissarro could continue being a painter. Yes. So he earned a place, despite a slightly different style, due to his connection as a patron. Right. We took those three stories, Monet in London, the House of Parliament, Tiso, with his wealth and this luxurious studio that he used to have, where there'd be champagne and what have you. Mm -hmm. And then Pissarro with the cricket to make three little scenes so one was a cricketer mm -hmm. batting a ball off into the distance. Yes. Another was Trafalgar Square, and we'd set it in the fog because Monet said that London is not beautiful without the fog. <laughs> and we had an old horse-corn carriage drifting through, and that was in, in the style of Monet. Yes. And then with Tiso, we had this room that had a champagne bottle in the corner, and the light was gently fitting through and he yeah. thought, gosh, that's the place I quite like to visit <laughs> uh, because people used to love going to his studio. Yeah, yeah. 
And so that was that, and they, they went for it. They put them out, they, were, they did really well in terms of engaging the Tate's audience. Yes. And then several years later, Tate Modern got in touch and said, we're doing a piece for, we're doing an exhibition on Pierre Bonnard. Mm -hmm. And we just started working with an artist called Holly Warburton. And I said, well, we should get Holly Warburton to work on this piece. Yes. And she's brilliant. She makes very, very, very good images. Yes. And she made this piece that was based on Martha. And Martha was Pierre Bonnard's lover. Yeah. Who he painted many, many times. And she had Martha in the garden. And then also Martha at the window. And at one point there's Pierre Bonnard's dog looking out the window. Mm-hmm. And she painted at Holly in a style that was inspired by Bonnard, which really is very close to her own style because she takes a lot of, imp uh, a lot of inspiration from the Impressionists. Yes, yes. Yeah, yes. lovely. So that really uh, sets you up, as it were, but I suppose you're only as good as your last commission. Yeah, it did set us up, but it really didn't at the same time. Yes. Because I certainly don't feel, you know, like... <laughs> Certainly it helped keep the journey continuing. Yes. But I'm not sure you ever feel like there's an actual, actual solid ground beneath you. <laughs> <laughs> but that should, it doesn't, isn't that a good thing? Because it creates a drive and an incentive to, to strive for, for more and, and keep that creativity alive in you so you don't become complacent, I suppose. I think so. I think it's essential. I mean, I've been introduced to the idea of time having that same impact. The way that we're finite, we're moving towards death, means that we need to do something now because we don't have forever to do it. No. And no. It, gives us a, it gives us a push to yes. act. Yes. And I think it's the same with when the ground doesn't feel too stable. Again, yeah. as you say, you need to keep moving in order to stay upright. Yep, yes. So with your own exhibition that you've just Finished. You've taken the whole art and animation to a completely different level, or maybe not level, but a different, in a different direction, certainly. Well, for sure, for sure. This has been about, about two things. There's the, the concept, which is sentio is to feel. Yes. And sentio is the Latin word for to feel, to perceive, to experience. Yeah. And the idea behind the exhibition is that where before the popular phrase was, I think, therefore I am, by Descartes, he said that in the 1600s, and that's cogito ergosum, mm -hmm. I think, therefore I am, we all know it. Yes. Whereas today, when I just listen in restaurants or cafes or schools or what have you, I hear lots of people saying, I'm feeling this, or I feel to do that. They don't say so to me, to my mind, they're not saying I think as often. Okay, so so okay. the, there's a shift happening from Fogito to Sentio. And I think that's paired with, with a style that matches, say, the Impressionists, yes. where there's moods being created. And all of the artists who exhibit are, are creating a, a feeling. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and so it starts with that. But there's also the medium and it's augmented reality so each piece when you hold your phone up to the art it animates yes which is a bit of magic it is definitely and we had such fun 
I mean, it was a, it was a one-week exhibition, so it's not like an extraordinary number of people came. Mm. But it's more about the quality of those experiences. Yes, yes. And, the, and meeting people and hearing, seeing their reaction to something and talking of its magic is, is so encouraging. And some of this, you can actually, the, the listeners listening to you, listening to us talk now, they can experience that through the website, can they? They can, yes. They can go to Sentio Space and they can find an online version of the exhibition. Yeah. So if they want to experience augmented reality with some great artists yes. right now, they can go there. They can do that. Yeah, yeah which is fantastic. I yeah. love the idea of people in Japan and China and all, all over yeah. holding up their phones to their screen and being able to have this layered reality. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So where is, where is in, in your mind, is this going for you in terms of creativity and where you yeah. do you have a vision as to, to uh, I think there is a vision there is a vision but it's not it's not set in stone yeah I'm, I'm moving down this path and I think it's interesting this idea of blending physical with digital so you've got a piece of art in your home but it's connected to a digital file. Yes. And if you interact with that piece of art, it comes alive. Yeah. And to me, that's, that's extraordinary. Yeah. yeah and yeah. I'm not sure whether it's going to take off. One of the limitations at the minute is that you have to download an augmented reality app. Yes. Which is a pain. I quite like it to work with the camera on an iPhone or an Android or what have you. Yeah. But that's not where we are. I mean, it doesn't, to me, stop it from being a worthy pursuit for now. Yes. I mean, maybe, I'm just thinking aloud here, is that maybe it will eventually act or, or react to you just looking at it. Rather like, um, you mm. know, you can look at the door and they read your eyes and then the door opens, you know. Well, <laughs> if you have glasses on, yes. then, then for sure that could happen. Okay. I'm not sure if it could happen just by, but I might be wrong just by our natural eyes looking yeah. at the art. But, but with these goggles that are getting made, why not? Mm -hmm. I'm not sure I'd want to have the goggles, but maybe no. they'll one day be little um, contact lenses. Yeah. I'm not sure I'd even want that reality, no. I don't think I would. to be honest. <laughs> I, don't think, I don't think that's necessarily, you know, you have to be careful with technology just because it's innovative doesn't mean that it's something that's worthwhile. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But seeing the reactions of people at the exhibition to the book that augments and also the artwork, to me it felt, you know, there was lots of joy and delight and, and education. Yeah. And that for me is, is enough. Yeah, yeah, yes. Okay. So I need to check our route a bit. Okay, so... Yes. But I just... Should we pause it for a yeah, moment? Yeah, pause it for a sec, hold on. Okay, well, take two. <laughs> well, yeah, now we're back in the right direction. We almost, we almost returned to where we'd begun. Yeah. But that doesn't matter. It was still a very interesting route. That we're, what it, road are we actually on? No, it doesn't matter. And it's a, good, it's a good segue into a quote that I'd like to share because it's so brilliant. It's by T.S. Eliot. Mm -hmm. 
and he says that we will not cease from exploration and at the end of our exploring we'll return to where we began and know the place for the very first time. Interesting, yes. So those are the precise words yeah. and they, you know, you know they sound nice but they don't necessarily sit in as, oh I totally understand yeah. what he just said then. But yes, yes. in colloquial terms, he's saying that there are moments in life where you feel an uncanny sense that you've come back to a place that where you've already been. Yes, yes. You know, it might be that you move house again, yeah. for instance, and all of the memories of when you moved house previously start flooding in. Yes. And in that moment, you've arrived back at where you started moving house. Yeah. But you know it afresh because you've had all of that experience in the interim. Okay. Yep. And these things happen all the time, and they're, they're when you get to reevaluate your, re your life, you sort of take back up all of this experience and bring it into a, a more formulated sense of how things work. Yes, yeah. No, 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 I think so. I, I agree with you totally. This is a, yeah, that sense of. Uh... I, and I'm sort of feeling that now, which is why it's so <laughs> oh fun. That, yes. Well, not only have we just you know, gone full circle. <laughs> We're now taking the more direct route <laughs> on the cycle highway, not on the cycle highway, walking on by the cycle yes, highway. Yeah. Um, so that's in the, on a small scale, on a larger scale. You know, eight years ago when we met, we were trying to sell art online yes. and also offline with, yeah. with you. And, and, and then th those activities stopped and for many years I was focused at, on Sentio space and primarily making animations for organizations. Yeah. But recently the selling of work has come back to the fore. Yes, yes. So it feels very much like I've returned to where I began. Yeah, and yes. now I'm and chatting I, with you. Yes, I know. And you are one of the first to, to take up, so I'm extremely grateful. And I'm keen also to, to hear a bit about yourself and your podcast journey. <laughs> My podcast. Yes, My podcast. I, if you don't mind, because because okay. I find it, I find it remarkable that you've now got to a place where you have four thousand downloads. So you have people who are really—that's just a raw number. But I bet it's even more encouraging hearing what people are saying. Yeah, like how are people reacting to the podcast? Well, some people say it gives them another impression of London. Uh, some are just inspired by the guests that I have on, on the on the podcast, um, and some just love it because they say. They've said I have a calming voice to listen to, <laughs> oh. which, which is a very nice thing to say. Um, but, it, but I think it's also the sense that they are reconnecting with um, some of the guests, or some of the guests that I've had, well, all of the guests I've had, had something to do with the bookshop. So it's almost like they're catching up on people that they met at the bookshop and finding out where their lives have gone, because as customers, you know, you all go off in different directions and many people just had one or two conversations with another customer. And now that I have them here as a guest on, on the podcast, they're, they're almost re being able to reconnect with, with them again. Oh, that's fantastic. Even if it's just through, or, uh, through, the, through their ears, through listening. But it's, uh, for, me, it's, it, uh, for me, it was the idea of um, recreating or, or keeping the spirit of traveling through alive because so many people had said to me when the shop closed 
what am I going to do next? Right. And have come to me and still say how they miss the bookshop, how they miss the space and the, the atmosphere, whether it's the books or the cafe or the bar or, you know, the events that we held and the art. And, um, and that's what's kept me um, podcasting, I suppose. And with every podcast I do, I just feel um, very much engaged with with the people like yourself, just finding out on what you're doing, because it, I feel like you're all my you're all my children. Oh, well, <laughs> even yeah. though some some of the guests are older than me, they're still my children too, because we found each other through the bookshop. Mm. And um, yeah, it's very special to me. I, how, how long the podcast will go on, I don't know, because I've got to move move on too and uh, ex- explore where this can go in the next years because going around London is is one thing but I would like to be able to back on the road myself. Now that people are out and about themselves it's also an opportunity to get out and about and I would love to go and visit people abroad as well. There's some people that came to the bookshop uh, who are in Greece um, who ran a refugee library and I would love to see what they're doing so it's, it's, it's also recognising when you, when you close something and then and the people comment, you realise how many people that actually pass through a bookshop, that when you're running it, it's sort of, it's happening, but you're not really, you're not counting, it's just, it's just happening. And you, 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 you don't realise how much of their lives you have absorbed, well, certainly me, I realise how much of a person's life I absor- have absorbed in five or six years well, and in influence and influence and possibly often very in a, maybe in, in to varying degrees of scale yeah but still a small chapter at least um, and i like the idea that you say that it's sparking reconnections Definitely. from people who met say at the bookshop yes can you think of one well that you'd like to share well I mean, certainly you and, and Margaret were a, were a great connection. Yes, that was a great that one, yes. That was a fantastic connection. Yes. Um, who else did I connect? Oh, you put me on the... Put me I on. put you on the spot there. Okay, the I'll spot. give you some time to... Um, to, to, to reflect on that. To, to reflect on that. Yes, but yeah, yes. But at least, yeah, at least for me. And then in terms of um, walking around, travelling yourself in yes. other places. Yeah. So you'd like to go to Greece. I'd love to go to Greece. I would love to go out to Australia again, where my the, the Gita who used to make my cakes, yes. she's now out there with her hus- Australian husband. In India, there's uh, two of my uh, bookshop customers who have gone and, and are, are building a house right. in um, down in the south of India. And are you thinking taking travelling? I mean, am I just missing the? Are you taking travelling through there as well? Uh, well, I that certainly would be as such a, fun. It would certainly as a podcast. Well, exactly. <laughs> yeah. um, but the idea is that my partner and I, yes. he and I, do plan to hopefully take travelling through to somewhere abroad. Yes. Because that was the idea to Italy or France or Spain or Mexico or we don't know yet. But yes, it's one of those things that when you know the place, when the moment's right, it'll be right. Yes. And obviously, it hasn't been recently but um, there is potential and maybe it may end up buying back in the UK who knows but but uh, need to explore further afield I think because so. when you said earlier that people like the show partly because of those whom you invite yes but also because of the knowledge they get on London 
and new so. walks that exactly, they hadn't thought of. Exactly. Which yeah. to me makes a lot of sense if you've got travelling through. Yes, yeah, yeah. But that's not something I I thought a great deal about before I got on this show. Yeah. But yeah, now yeah. I'm here right now. You know, we're at Marlen Station. Yeah. So we've just walked south alongside Marlen Park. Yeah. Next to the cycle highway. Yeah. We're now crossing I don't know whether this is Marlen Road, but it's a big road. Yes, yeah, yeah. And before, when we were in the park, we were able to go up to that hill and then look across at Canary Wharf and there's the church. And I that's know, where we were saying we could build the castle. Yeah, exactly. And now we're seeing it from a slightly different perspective. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, yes. You have to wait at traffic lights. <laughs> yeah, the traffic going by. Yeah. Isn't it? Well, I mean, actually, the other thing is people who, don't, who have lived in London and now live abroad also have said they love hearing the sounds of London through the podcast because it it takes them back to the time that they themselves were in London even if even if they may not have been exactly where I, where we are walking yes. um, it, it's uh, yeah it's the sights and sounds of, of London nostalgia I suppose oh, well, I, I spend most of my time in London trying to find places in London that escape the sounds of London <laughs> that's why I feel so good when we get onto a quiet street yes. and that's great news but actually, somebody, uh, I, was, I was chatting to somebody in a London cafe um, and he, uh, one of the customers wrote in, he, who is actually in Australia, Ed Zhao, who's an artist and a, and a writer too. And, um, and he said, oh, I, how I miss the sounds of the London cafe with just what was going on in the background. And for him, it was a, a, sense, of, a sense of nostalgia. I miss the sounds of the cafes in Istanbul. But what yes. I used to enjoy about those cafes is I didn't know what anyone was saying because I didn't speak Turkish. So it was a very peaceful environment. It almost <laughs> sounded like there was just some music playing in the background. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I love. Oh, plus, you know, the people in, 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 in Istanbul are so great. Yeah, yeah, yes. No, it's true. And it's but, also the music as well. Well, some of it was a bit loud, but, yeah. but otherwise, yeah. But yeah, when I, I'm in London, I'm, I'm listening to the cafes. Listen, I'm sometimes thinking, gosh, I'm, you, gosh I'm, sometimes thinking, I'm not sure I need to hear this right now. <laughs> yeah, because you actually understand absolutely I actually understand, everything. I think this should be censored. <laughs> uh, now we'll okay. head south. Oh, it's really starting to rain now, isn't it? It is a bit, yes. We'll be all right, though. Yeah, well, we're not far from from where we can get lunch. Okay, perfect. And that will that'll keep us keep us dry. Keep us, keep us dry, exactly. Yes. So Oliver, where how how did you end up in Bethnal Green? Oh sort of station your, your put your studio in Bethnal Green. Well, there's a couple of things. One is that I'd started working with Benji Barkers, who I'd met at university. And then he'd gone and joined the army for six years mm -hmm. and worked all over in Somalia and for the UN and the Foreign Office. But we'd remained friends. And when he decided to leave the army, he was at a company called Wazuku and then messaged me, or at least actually I reached out to him and I said, look, you know, I'd love to have some help growing a startup yes. with you. And so he joined Sentio Space. Yes. And with his help, we managed to really get the machine rolling so right. that we were winning projects and in profit. Okay. And it meant that we could then be more bold with our decisions. Yes. And we took a space. We moved out from a co-working 
hot desk environment called the Cube, which was in Shoreditch, and that was a special community in and of its own right. Yeah, yeah, yes, I know that area. So we moved out of there, and we wanted somewhere that was Oops. was quite cheap. I might just stop while we get past these scatters. Um, okay, well this is fun. <laughs> The bit I find interesting, which I said to everyone, because I've been recording audio for Soul Day Thursday. Yes, I'm I said, going to talk to you. I said to them, you will, Hang on. You will uh, change. Yeah. Yeah, these are the sounds of London that I like to try and escape. Yes, I, all, I like to edit them out just slightly. All costs, <laughs> you know, I'm thinking of these poor souls who are probably a few people who work nights. Yeah. They're trying to get some kip, and they've got drilling going on. Yeah, it's all over London. I feel like the whole of London's under yeah. construction. I mean, I'm not complaining, <laughs> but, but still. But yes, I was going to come on to this whole, uh, to your soul, soul, what's it called? Soul Sound Thursdays. Soul Day Thursdays. Soul Day Thursdays. Yes. Um, how did that come about? Or should we, talk, should we finish talking about Ben? Or Benji, finished? Benji. Well, it'd be, it, well what's, what happened with Benji is that it was with him that Sentio Space really started to get into a stronghold. And then we were able to build a, another idea. Okay. So we, around Christmas in 2000, and, I think it was like 18 or 19, we thought about making animated cards for businesses. Yes. And then we thought, well, why don't we try doing this for customers? And we were sending them via WhatsApp instead of via email. Okay. Which is the difference. Usually if you get a digital card, you get it. But this was different and they're vertical videos. And we decided to set that up as an independent business. Right. And we raised investment for it. Yes. And that's now moving. And we are, we see ourselves as, as a, digital card business but we've got real artists mm -hmm. creating the cards i saw that you've got that on your website exactly as well, who you? exhibit and what have you so that's yeah that's one thing and then with soul day thursday it was it was really it was something that started with the idea of a soul day thursday being a thursday where you kind of take care of your soul I suppose yes you go for That's a, a nice walk thought. you go for a walk like this mm. or you and I read a book for a day or any or you go and visit some churches I don't know yes. whatever floats your boat listen to music listen to music yeah, yeah but you really just you just reckon you just take some time out from from the from the race and 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 enjoy yourself um, and part of that for me is is education yeah. Then you might go to a gallery or read a book that you really want to read, and you know it helps to it helps you to live a richer life. And so out of that came Soul Day Thursday, the name of a a podcast in a way. Yeah. Although it's not, it's a it's a live stream. Although the latest one also wasn't live. <laughs> <laughs> but what we do is that we have a half an hour talk. Yes. At first where we will have a lecture and the first one was on the Iliad yes. which is the oldest story in the Western tradition. So it's a 30 minute talk that's academic in nature but for the fact that it's not backed by an academic institution so I'm sure there'd be eyebrows raised by anyone who's 
following a more traditional route. But it is still certainly with a view to educate and delight. And then mm -hmm. after that, there's a music segment. Okay. Where we have animation, animated visuals, plus yeah. a 20 to 30 minutes piece of original music that's being composed for the show. So we had a, a harp player for the first one. We had a cello, cellist and a violinist who are in a relationship. They're married with a child. Yes. We had a brilliant violin player and most recently a saxophonist. Oh, brilliant. Okay. And during that time, people who've come to the event are chit-chatting and it gives them a chance to digest some of what they've heard in the talk. Yes, yes. And also a chance to get to know each other. So it's very much, are we? Yeah, we're going the right way, yeah. Um, so it's very much, it, it's something that you hold within your space, within Sentio space. Exactly, yeah. It's a lot of small room in Sentio space with a projector. Okay. And you can fit about eight people maximum. <laughs> yeah. Um, so can anybody come along to that or do you, how do you? Well, anyone can attend the online version. Yes. But it's invitation yeah. to the, Be there and, and it's been great fun because I've been inviting all sorts of people from my life. Yes. To a fairly intimate a meaningful, hopefully, experience where we talk about the Iliad or the Aeneid or Aristotle's poetics. Yes. Or what was the most recent one? It was the Aeneid. We've also done the Odyssey. Mm -hmm. So those have been the four. And the next one is Dante's Divine Comedy, okay. which I have to admit I'm yet to read. <laughs> when are you going to be uh, talking about this one? When, when it would be Dante's Inferno. For, the, for this Thursday? No, no. It, it, it was started as a monthly thing. Okay. But in reality... I was going to say otherwise. <laughs> in reali in reality, it just happens when there's time for it. Fair enough, yes. And right now, it's not the focus, so it's a bit bubbling away. Yes, yeah. Yeah, but it's, it's great fun. Yes, uh, what a fantastic idea as well. And just to bring people, a, a small group together in person mm. because of the space that you have to to um, bring just a small group together. Exactly, and also the, online, so. also the advantage of such a small space is it's easier to fill the space. Of course, yes. You know, like sell out crowds, <laughs> six people. 100%. Yeah, exactly, you know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and how do you, um, how do you advertise the, the online part of it, just through your Instagram feed? And well, I mean, at, as of yet, there's been very little advertising, so the number of people who've seen the show is a small number. Yeah. And I'm fairly relaxed about that at the moment because it's, it's moving in the right direction. Sure. I'm working on developing the way that these ideas are communicated. Yeah. So I'm not so stressed at the moment about how many people are listening. Yes. So for instance, with the most recent one, which was the Aeneid, the conversation had a couple of people in the room who've got a lot of knowledge on the Aeneid. One of them studied classics at university and the other one did not classics, but studied Greek and Latin and then went on to, uh, I can't remember, I think it's called philology, where you're looking at ancient texts. Okay. And, um, and it meant that there was, there was some, some depth from the canon in the sure. conversation. Yeah, it wasn't yeah. just our spur of the moment thoughts. And I don't want to dismiss the spur of the moment thoughts because no. I think it's great to have people who've not read the books. And Wittgenstein, the Cambridge philosopher, left Cambridge for a while 
and was teaching in Newcastle and he preferred the students there because they hadn't read the books. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They just, they came to the table with their fresh insights. Yeah. So I'm not knocking that. But it had a, a mix, this group. Yes, yeah. And the audio has been slightly better recorded than how we'd managed in the past. Okay. Um, in terms of the quality. Yes. And we've got someone called Tamana who's working through something called the Kickstart Scheme. Okay. I don't know if you've heard about the Kickstart. It just sounds one of those things that I should know about. Well, I think it's a brilliant scheme and I don't know whether it's still open. But what happens is that it's government funded. Yep. And if you are someone aged between, I believe, 18 and 24, mm -hmm. and you're registered at your local job centre, yep. you have the option to work at a company that's on the Kickstart Scheme advertising a job yeah. for six months okay. and the wages are paid for by the government. Oh, okay. That's a brilliant way of getting... So they get experience. They get experience and the idea is the that they only give it... They only give the jobs if the jobs wouldn't exist otherwise. And because yeah. Sentio Space couldn't afford to put profits into Sol Day Thursday, that's a non-profit making entity, yeah. it wouldn't make sense. But we've got Samana, Sultana is her name, and she's an animator specializes in 3D. Yes. And she's been building a 3D environment with a, an ancient Aeneid inspired mansion, so to speak. Oh my goodness. With lots of different seating areas. And the idea is to have it as an animated world. Okay. And the audio from Soul Day Thursday, the group discussion, yes. is what you hear. Okay. But what you see is characters sat around a table or characters standing on a bridge. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. you get sort of transported into this space. Yes, yes. And I think that could be a really, well, I don't know where it's going to go, but I'm excited to see what it looks like. Yeah, for sure. And so she's got, is this a six month project for her? That she's exactly, and it didn't start, I mean, when she first arrived, she was editing this all day Thursday content so that it could be more digestible. So it was more of a video editing role. Yes. But what she did at university was 3D and I was thinking, she's not really fulfilling what she wants in yeah. a, as an editor you know what could what could i think of that matches her skill set oh, so that's yeah. why i thought okay why don't you build build a 3d environment that's inspired by the aeneid yeah, yeah yeah so that's what she's doing and she's been loving it ever since yeah so as far as i know yes okay so i don't yes it'd be good to know whether that scheme still exists or not for some yes yeah, you should. I, I wouldn't be surprised if they do it again. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I think it's really good. Yeah. So, with um, how many people do you have in your in your team? Well, we're three at the core: myself, Benji, yeah. and Angelica. Yeah. And then we work with people on a ad hoc, a ad -hoc basis. We sure. were not at the exhibition. There were fourteen artists. So all of them produced a piece for the show. Yes, yeah. And and it's go. not completely set what we do at the moment. You know, it's it's. But this it's, and that, that's nice, isn't it? Because it, it's flexible, it's fluid. It, you're giving yourself option to to grow in various ways and to collaborate with different people as a result of that. I'm trying to do that. Yeah, it's one of it's quite interesting. The name Sentio Space is very open. Yes. Yeah, yeah. And when people are coming up with brand names, they have a decision to make. You either make it very clear, so you could call your company you know, Where to Buy Tea, yeah. which really helps because when you're marketing it, people know what you are. Yes. We're selling yes. a car at the moment, I'm selling my father's car. 
and we found a, a guy who's a classic car dealer and his web address is you know tom at groveclassiccars.co.uk yeah, you think so okay we're in the right place yeah, yeah, yeah which is fantastic but what that means is that if tom grove would like to do something different he needs probably to set up a new web address yeah yeah yeah, yeah. but when you have a name if if he'd gone with grove associates for instance as opposed to grove classic cars yes there's more flexibility to take on a different route yeah and yeah, i'd yeah. say with traveling through it's i i like that there's there is some direction because yeah. it says that we're traveling yeah. and we're traveling through so we're not stopping yeah <laughs> <laughs> you know so don't worry if you if we're driving you crazy we're going to be gone <laughs> soon <laughs> Yes, exactly. Don't worry we're about it. We're not here it. for good. Yeah, right, we're not here. <laughs> but it's through the, yeah, so with the travelling through one, for example, it, it's, it's through books, it's through the world, mm. it's through life, you know, it, I, the flexibility to take it in lots of directions is, exactly. say, it, it is, um, is what I like. Being exactly. One, being one not like, being one who doesn't like to be committed to just one thing. Yes, exactly. And I feel that too, to be too restrictive. But it's still got a value, it's got a value direction at its heart. Yes. Which course. is one that celebrates travel. Yes. But yeah. how, how we get there is, is open. And Sentio Space has some direction in the sense that there's got the word space. Yep. And also the word Sentio. So it holds it together in that way. But it is very open-ended. And the challenge there is that you, know, you, end up, you have the option at any moment to completely change what you do. And your logo that you have for Sentio is almost like a, is it like a yin and yang? Or I, how did that develop? How did you? I mean, the concept is to, what is it, Oliver? Is, yeah, <laughs> it's really, it was really, the idea was to have two, two circles that come together to form a whole. Okay, yeah. So, you know, how do you join two circles together? Ended up looking like the yeah. logo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, no, because it's nice. It's and a very, it's very simple, but it's actually, it makes you look at it and say, oh, this could be quite, this could be many things, a few things. Yes. You could interpret it many ways. It has a musical quality. Because yes, because I sort of notes. Are, it slightly uh, resembles a clef. Yes. And also the, the shapes are organic, you mm -hmm. know, this these sort of round, smooth edges. Yeah. So yeah, it's, it's, I mean, logos are a whole nother topic. Yeah. <laughs> um, but you know whether or not you choose to have a symbol or or the word yes yeah that's true um so for you yourself because you're so involved with the animation and art and also reading what do you actually do yourself for downtime what's your um how do you relax oh well in a way it's about relaxing all of the time where I, when I can. That's nice. If you know what I'm saying. Uh, even, even right now. Yeah. You know, it's a Wednesday and it's 12 o'clock. We've just taken the wrong route. <laughs> and it's raining. You know, and there's a lot, 101 things we need to be doing. And yeah. we don't know whether we're on the right path. But I try to stay relaxed in those moments. Yes. Even yeah. though I must say I do at times you know, get extremely agitated and stressed. Yes. Much to my demise but in terms of things that I do to relax I I like to play music I play guitar and piano okay and I used to play the saxophone and what, what was funny is I stopped at the age of 
18. Mm -hmm. and, but my parents have had the sacks in their attic ever since. Yes. And just this weekend, I've been at my parents' house clearing out the attic because we've got the canal here. Oh, this is just lovely, isn't it? It's great. It's actually, there's so many boats now on the canal. I think a lot of people have taken to canal life, exactly. canal living, haven't they? It looks really beautiful. It does. Yeah, and I'm just thinking whether we can just nip along that canal now okay. and get ourselves to the place for lunch. We can go... Oh, no, we can't. I think we go down, down there, just on, okay, on that side there. So let's try and find a place yeah, to, we can go this island here to cross. Us. Yeah. Uh, I can't even remember. Oh yeah, so my parents are clearing out their... Um... You have to stop by Yes, yes. So I'm, I am right that we do want to go along the, the canal and we want to go along that way. Okay, so we so go So we down just there go down there and then walk along. Perfect. And that will take us directly to, to where we're stopping. Brilliant, okay. Which is ideal. So there's another uh, road marker, Mile End Park that way. Oh yes, which is where we are. Okay, East we're halfway. Yeah. So that your saxophone is... Yes, exactly. So it's in my parents' attic. We're doing this brutal clear-out because my parents are selling the house. And where you, almost, you can't even look because you're throwing away things that you've kept for years and yeah. years and years, but there simply isn't space anymore. No. And it was, what was hilarious is my two brothers, my brother and my father called me up today saying, look, we're really concerned. We think that your mother's throwing away things that you want to keep, like your globe. I go, no, that's going too. Look, you just have to shut your eyes. <laughs> okay. So it seems that they it's have good. as much sentimental, uh, sen sort of sense of sentiment sentimentality towards your belongings as, as yeah, well, you do. Well, imagine what they're like towards their own belongings. <laughs> well, exactly. Do you see what I'm saying? So, <laughs> Dad was clearing out his desk and, and Mum looked at him as if he wasn't clearing them out. Doing it, very, doing it very fast. And she goes, look, under the desk should be really easy. You've had that stuff there for years. He goes, precisely. He goes, I've had it there for years because I like it so much. I don't want to throw it away. That's why it's going to be difficult. Yeah, yeah. But amongst this clear out, I, I found my saxophone. Which yeah. I hadn't played for, well, since I was 18, which was 16 years ago. Okay. It's a decent chunk. Yeah. And I'd only played it for five years yeah. before that. And I'd never play, played it that well, yeah. um, but I enjoyed it. And since that time, I've played a lot of guitar and piano. Yes. A lot, a lot. So I was coming back to the sax, having been on a big journey with these other two instruments. Yes. And instantly, it, it, it made sense. And I went from thinking, I wonder how much I can sell this saxophone for, to I can't possibly sell this saxophone. <laughs> I need to take this back to London with me and start playing again. Brilliant. <laughs> I have a similar saxophone in my attic, actually, that I found the other day that I haven't played for about six or seven years. In fact, since I started the shop, and, um, and I'm thinking, should I be uh, getting rid of it or should I, should I open it up and play it? Because I'm having to do a big clear out. And I, I, cu I couldn't decide, so I actually just, I took it to my mum's because I knew it would be safe there. Yes. So I have to, I've put off making that decision <laughs> completely. Oh, yes. <laughs> to another time. Well, it's... I think that's what many people do. Yeah. And it's what I've done for years and years and years. But you were also talking about, and I quite liked your, your idea about having your, um, your, your box of memories in case you get Alzheimer's. Oh, yes. What did you call it again? You called it your, I called it my sanity box. Your sanity box. Well, I, can't, I can't remember where I read it or heard it or what have you, but for people with Alzheimer's, it can be beneficial to have a 
small box, their shoe box, with memories, photographs, ornaments, what have you. Yes. And by looking through them, it can help ground you in your own story and in reality. Yes, yeah. So as I was going through all my stuff very fast, like, go, 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 it suddenly dawned on me that I'd thrown away some photos that I might want for my sanity box. <laughs> I was thinking, God, have I just thrown away what? my sanity? <laughs> Just, just what you mean, just in case you get Alzheimer's? Well, just in case I get Alzheimer's, I might, there were some photos there that had some significant sentimental value. And by throwing them away, I'd like, in a way, just kind of thrown away memories of some really old friendships. Yeah. That yeah. could be a useful memory in the years to come. So did you retrieve them? So I went back into the rubbish bag. Yeah, and got them. Which admittedly mostly had stuff that could be kept. So it wasn't <laughs> oh, no. like I was trawling through like a fox. Anyway, and I, and I found these pictures yeah. and I've held on to them and they're okay. in a shoebox. So isn't that funny because you, you, that was your feeling as well. You, you reacted to your instinct and your feelings. I have to keep that as well. I did, yeah. I mean, you have to bear in mind that obviously when you, there's that fear of, of loss and it suddenly increases the value yeah. to yes. you. And oh, you end up taking bigger risks in those moments, yeah. Yeah. which is funny. You know, people who That's are true. 100 pounds down, you know, should really just stop gambling. Yeah. But they end up taking even riskier decisions because the, that fear of loss is, is so great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, so is, it, is your... Um, sanity box. Sanity box. Is it a tangible box? Is it a tin box or is it a, oh, a it's wooden a, box? I mean, I've got about four or five shoe boxes at the moment, all of which contain some of my sanity, <laughs> I would say. But they need, it cannot remain as four or five. Okay, it's got to be one. Yeah, I've just, I've just moved into a place in Bow, which is why we're walking here with a girlfriend called Eleonora, who's Italian. Yes. And the Italians are very clean and tidy yeah. compared to the English. Because they live in very, sm their places are much smaller, aren't they, in, well, in, in, in towns and cities? Maybe it's that, yeah. And I also think it's just a values base. They, they, the Italians have a view of the English that we're very dirty, which I didn't know, but I've heard really? it from several sources. Yeah, they feel that we don't change our sheets enough, for instance. Okay. I remember I was, I was having my hair cut by an Italian barber. He goes, yeah, there's some rumours that English people don't even only change their sheets once a month. You know, which I thought was hilarious that that's even a story <laughs> going around. Anyway, but I'm really feeling it now that I'm living... <laughs> very conscious of it. With, yeah, with living with a, a, an Italian woman who takes it very seriously. Okay. Uh, so it's... Can you give me an example of something that she's horrified by? Without revealing oh, too horrified, much about you. Horrified by me putting her bag on the floor. Oh yeah, that's because you, exactly. you can lose all your money by doing that. You always, you should never put it on the floor. Even, yeah, I didn't know that. Or, or horrified of me putting my bag on a chair. Because, okay. because I put my bag on the floor. <laughs> yes. She, she thinks I shouldn't put my bag, which makes sense, on the, on the chair. Because it's already touched the floor. Yeah. It's yeah. those kind of things. Like, where's the history of every item okay. needs to be considered. <laughs> and it, I'm, not, I, I, I'm not, I think it's, a, I'm glad that I'm thinking about it because it, when you do change sheets and, you know, not put a dirty bag on a clean chair, it, you live with a bit more dignity. Yes. And yes. It's, it's often not a hard thing to do. Yes. Yeah, just care, I suppose, caring for, for the space. Yeah, yeah, yes. Interesting. Which I'm enjoying. <laughs> yeah, and right now we're, yeah. we're on a quiet, I think this is called the Limehouse Cut. Okay. And it, and it does, it cuts through the, the, the city, cuts through London. And there's not much here beyond residential. 
It's very nice though. I love being down by canal level because generally speaking, particularly during the week, it's very quiet. And it's, uh, yeah, you've just got the ducks, haven't you? You've sort of got the sound of, the sound of traffic, but it's muffled and it's far away and it's... Yes, it is rather peaceful, especially when it's raining. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Yeah. Well, how wet are you? I'm, I'm no, sure. I'm. I'm. I, I it's a price. It's a price well worth paying for <laughs> no one to be on the path. Because when I was anticipating the path with this yeah. audio setup, where we're joined at the hip <laughs> by a small cord, I thought the cyclists are going to be a nightmare. Even the runners are going to yeah, be a nightmare. So and a bit I like British bulldogs, you know, coming through, breaking the cable. <laughs> exactly. I didn't want to <laughs> confront that. Oh, here we are. Oh wow. Okay, well so we've just arrived at a place called Poplar Union. Okay which is this cafe come lunch spot just here. And I believe this is Bow, Bow Common Park. We've got Bow Common Lane there. So it's a real, a real mix of new, new apartment blocks and old, well, 60s, 1960s, 70s, maybe. Yes, um, and council. Housing estates, yes. And council estates, yeah. of course. And what I find so extraordinary about it is that it's south of Bethnal Green, but north of Canary Wharf, and it's, it's a it, the price lowers as you go towards the Bow epicenter. Yeah. Then it starts increasing again as you get closer to the yeah. city. Yeah, yeah. We're right here at the base of these huge towers. You can yeah. see you know, HSBC and Citibank. Yeah. But this area, Bow, you know, traditionally would have been a very poor area. Yeah. Seeing these huge cities in the distance. And then I love the church as well, uh, which is so pretty. Looks like they're making it into um the church has been made into accommodation as well. I know. They've just kept the facade of it. Yeah, I'm sure there's a few people turning in their grave. I bet they are. <laughs> <laughs> At least they've kept the facade. Yeah, exactly. They're just waiting for a few more people. So to... where's Poplar from here then? Is that Poplar? Is Poplar further out? Further Poplar is mm, further east. I can't help you with that right no. now. Okay. I know that that's uh, so that's south down there, and the river. You know, runs close to. So, if this is Bow, where is the Bow Bells Church then? That isn't it. That's now just a facade. No, that's not the Bow Bells Church. But I was hearing that the Bow Bells Church, your how close you were to the Bow Bells Church, meant whether or not you were a Cockney. Yeah, exactly. Which I didn't know. Did you not? No, I know. I thought everybody knew. I that. should have known that, but I didn't know that. Maybe it's one of those things that everyone yeah. does know, bar me. Well, maybe because you weren't a, born a Londoner. Well, I was born in, I lived for the first 18 years of my life in southwest London. Okay. In, in Kew. So you are a Londoner. So in a way, but not, not, not in this way. No. This is a very different world here. Yeah. I've never been to Bow before, three or four months ago. Yeah. And before that, I'd never been to Bethnal Green. I mean, okay. living in Kew, this seemed like a whole universal it's a way. world, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, totally. and, it, and it is. But this cafe, Popular Union, we're about to go into, does yeah. really, really good food breakfast and brunches and and lunches fantastic all, right. all are all very much with natural ingredients and lots of flavor and okay. it's right next to the park yes and you, you see the towers in the distance and you've got the canal running along the other That's side lovely, isn't it? so nice yeah i much recommend this to to people who who are interested in in exploring a bit of bow yep okay so uh podcast listeners we are going to cut off and go and um and have something to eat so um just in case we don't come back on air again i will just say oliver it has been a pleasure having you on the podcast show um i'm sure we will come back to say some more but in case we don't because we get sidetracked talking too much um i just like to say um i hope podcast listeners that you have enjoyed listening to oliver and my 
chat and you have been inspired i certainly have been um, if you have please share with your friends please do give the traveling through podcast a rating and a review that would be fantastic because the more we get the further the podcast spreads and my lovely guests get listened to a wider audience please subscribe too that would be fantastic that's about it for now there'll be another podcast next week have a good rest of the week take care and thanks for listening Thank <laughs> you.